Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and I hope that you have found some time to relax during the bye week. I know I sure have. And before we jump back into the game week grind, I wanted to do something that we've never done before in this show, and that's a full roundtable discussion with everyone, and I mean everyone, on our staff. I wanted to get everybody's opinion on the Bears at the bye. So in this episode, I ask everyone on our staff a handful of big picture questions to gain their thoughts on our favorite team. And just a quick heads up, since I brought on seven different people, and that's not including myself and my co-host Nicholas Moriano, I was unable to bring everyone on to record at the same time. So instead, I had to talk to everybody on a one-on-one basis throughout the week And I have done as much editing room magic as I can, but I just wanted to make sure that you knew up front that these are multiple recordings and they're all kind of tied together. So some answers sound similar, just know that's because they were in opposite rooms, opposite recordings, and no one really knew what the other panelists had to say for their answers. And again, after you hear from our staff, I do want you to stick around because after you hear from everyone, then Nick and I are going to take our turn at answering these questions. So without any further delay, let's go ahead, jump right in and get started. Guys, to begin, let's go ahead and break out our red pens. If you could give the Chicago Bears a letter grade for their first five games, what would that be and why? And I'd like to go to Jake Van Sweden, who's actually making his podcast debut right here in this episode. Jake, he's a great site writer for us on our blog, and he also is a contributor for Fan Sighted's fantasy website. So, Jake, take it away. What's going to be your grade for the Bears in the first five weeks? Well, I want to start by saying I'm glad to be here making my debut tonight. But uh, grading the first five games, I'd have to give their performance probably a C-plus this far. You know, aside from the past game against the Raiders, they've beaten the teams that they should have beat in Denver and Washington. They also won a huge game against the Vikings, mostly dominating them the entire game without Mitch Trubisky. And, you know, obviously things could be a lot worse right now. Minnesota was a tough team that they beat, and 3-2 and two at this point looks a lot better than 2-3. and three. And, you know, the defense has been about just as good as they were last season under Chuck Pagano, with a lot of players really stepping up when they needed them to, when, you know, Akeem Hicks was out, Roquan Smith was out. Uh, Bilal Nichols has been out, and obviously the offense needs to do better, averaging only 266 yards per game, which is third worst in the league. 
But I think that some of these issues that are holding them back are correctable and the Bears should still be able to contend in a wide open NFC. Let's hand it over to Will Ingalls. And of course, you know, Will, he's been on the podcast a plenty. And of course, he brings you the weekly five matchups to watch. So, Will, what would be your letter grade? I got to give him the C. I mean, they show some resilience at a lot of times, which I, I think is a, a, a trending theme from last year. But I mean, there are just too many flops. Obviously, the dud that they lay on opening night, you know, Denver wasn't impressive, though they won the game and showed, like I said, some resilience. The Vikings game was a good display. And then obviously, London against the Raiders was a disappointment. So you see the flashes, you see the talent, but overall, it's a disappointment. Uh, so I got to give them the C getting close to a D, but I think that Vikings performance kind of saves it for me. I want to hand it over to Nick Austin, because, dude, I remember on the Monday night game, you got a little bit of flack in the chat for being a Debbie Downer. So what's going to be your grade after five games? I mean, you know I tend to be pretty tough on the Bears, especially when they actually had some expectations coming into the year. So sitting at three and two, I, I've got them at a, a C plus, actually. Not, not too high of a grade. I mean, I think that they should have been at least four and one. They had a a winnable game week one to to get to five and zero, oh, and I, I feel like last week, even with Chase Daniel, that was a fairly inexcusable loss with the expectations. So, yeah, not not the best grade for me. Well, let's go ahead. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Into another podcast debut tonight, and that's our lead moderator. He's been around for years, and he's just now hopping on the show. Tristan Escudetto is here, and Tristan, what's going to be your grade? Throughout these five games, I've seen a lot of good at the same time, and at the same time, a lot of bad. Um, and I think, based off of what you know, what our expectations were going into this season, coupled with what we've seen from uh, you know this team do, I would probably put that grade somewhere around the C plus to B minus range as of right now. Liking that optimism, Tristan, let's go over to Steve Letizia. Steve, I just have a hunch based off your Twitter feed. You're not going to be as optimistic. Ooh, letter grade. I don't think you can give him anything higher than a C. I might even go. No, I'll go with a C. I'll go with a C. I think that's a fair grade because the defense has been fantastic, but the offense has been obviously abysmal. So that A for the defense, F for the offense, that averages out to a C. (laughs) <laughs> you can be a teacher. You got this. Yes. No special waiting. You're not going to throw special teams in there. Uh, the special teams. I mean, Pat O'Donnell has been really great. Uh, and uh, Eddie Pinero has made most of his field goals. I think he's only missed one. So special teams, I can't complain too much about. But yeah, I think a C is a fair, fair grade for the way this season has gone. We talked about it a little bit before. But yeah, I would be saying that uh, three and two sounds fine. Like we'd be okay with three and two going into week five. If you told me that at the beginning of the season. But the way the games have been three and twos, it's hard to get too excited about that. Moving right along, Andrew Ortman, glad to have you on, man. What's your grade? Man, I feel like that's the biggest problem right now is it varies so much week to week. Uh, inconsistency, I think, has been their biggest weakness so far. You know, some the Minnesota game, they looked like a Super Bowl-ready team. The defense was dominant. And then, you know, last week they could just look flat. The offense hasn't really clicked all year. Uh, 
you know, it's hard to three and two losing your starting quarterback, playing a couple of division games. It's hard to be too upset about that, but I think because expectations were so high and we know that they haven't played as well as they're capable of, uh, I'd say it's between a B minus and a C plus right now. Last but not least, Chris Bacher. Chris, appreciate you taking the time to hop on tonight. What's going to be your grade? A lot of C's. Are you going to stick to that same realm? I think I'd go with a B minus just because they're not, they're definitely not exceeding the expectations that I had, but they're still three and two. They're still in an okay position going forward. Yes, we had a disappointing game uh, last Sunday, but you know, you had your backup quarterback in, you lost Akeem Hicks. There, there's a, so there's been too many like injuries and just little stuff for me to give them like a, a C or a D and they've overcome some stuff, you know, I mean, the week before they played the Vikings and played really well that game. So I'll stick with a B minus because yes, they could do better, but they also could be a lot worse considering some of the stuff that's happened to them so far. Before I hand it over to the panel for my next question, I do need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live events tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. They have built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So what makes SeatGeek better than the rest? Well, that's a great question. And to put it as simply as possible, SeatGeek is a better process. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web, rate each ticket on a scale of 1 to 10, and finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map, and every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. As you know, everybody at the Chicago Audible, we use SeatGeek on our our phones, and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. And the best part is you can get in on the action, and you also get a sweet deal since you listen to our show. They'll even give you $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek, and all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today. Use promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. And again, that promo code is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. All right, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, and I feel like a moderator right now, Will DeWitt, and it's time to get back to asking our panel some bi-week Bears questions. And guys, obviously, you've all implied that there's been a mix of both good and bad for this team. So starting with the positives, what are some of the things that you've been most impressed with? You know what? I want to go over to Nick Austin first, Mr. Critical himself. What's going to be some of your positive takeaways? So two players have really stood out to me. I'm happy to say Allen Robinson, one of my favorite players, a guy that I was very excited about. He's probably been the most impressive. He's currently 16th in the NFL with 377 receiving yards. He's at about a 73% catch rate on his targets. Got a couple touchdowns finally last game. And he's shown that, you know, basically he's healthy and he can be that true number one receiver, which we were hoping for with him, you know, no matter who we had a quarterback, he has been awesome. He caught all of his targets against uh, the Raiders. He was big in week one. He had the huge catch, you know, to get the Bears and the, the win against the Broncos in week two. So I think he has been number one for me. And I've also really liked what I've seen out of Danny Trevathan. I think he's been 
one of the most consistent pieces on that defense. He leads the team with 45 tackles. So I think, yeah, those those two guys would probably be the most impressive for me, Will. Mr. Ingles, how about you? Uh, this one was tough for me. I was between Allen Robinson and David Montgomery. Uh, Allen Robinson's been a phenom this year. I really think he's put himself in the category of like the DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones type, who's helping his sorry, who's helping his quarterback. No matter where they place the ball, he's been sensational. But ultimately, I'm going to have to go with Montgomery here. He has been putting on the most impressive two yard runs I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he's dodging two or three mm-hmm. guys just to get two yards ahead on the line of scrimmage. I mean, that dude is running hard for his team, and he's making a lot of things happen despite there being next to no push on the offensive line, next to no blocking on the offensive line. He's been very impressive for me so far to watch him make something out of nothing darn near every time he gets the ball. Mr. Moderator, Tristan, do you have a few positive takeaways that you want to kind of chime in with? Yeah, you know, being an optimist myself and for anybody that, you know, is it's in the chat room when I'm in there, you can just easily see that I'm very optimistic. I like to look at the positives more than the negatives. Uh, and there's a lot of positives to come out of the, these five these five games. Um, for example, Danny Trevathan, I think, has done a phenomenal job uh, at, at, at the middle linebacker position with 45 combined tackles and just his, his presence there, having him out there in the field, especially when Roquan wasn't out there for one game, uh, it, it matters a lot to the team. And having Danny right there being, being that field general uh, is so important to, to, to the whole defense and to the team. Uh, then you can look at Pat O'Donnell, my guy, Megapunt. This guy has been on a tear this year. He's been averaging 47 yards per punt, and eight of his punts have been inside the opponent's 20, which is just mind-blowing because he's been, he's been doing a great job. And uh, he also has a long, for, a long of 75 yards, which is, which is pretty, pretty good. Up next, we're going to go ahead and ask the panel about some of their disappointments that they've had throughout the first five weeks. But first, I do need to tell you a little bit about a new sponsor that we're rolling with this season, and that's Wrigleyville Sports, because we're excited to have partnered with Wrigleyville Sports because they are one of the premier Chicago sports merchandise stores in the entire city. So if you're looking for any of the latest Bears gear, they have it from hats, sunglasses, t-shirts, and jerseys. Make sure to check out WrigleyvilleSports.com. And since you're listening to the show, you get a pretty sweet deal. Use our promo code AUDIBLE, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, for 15% off and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. This deal runs all season long, and definitely check out any of the latest Bears gear, or heck, any of the other Chicago teams as well, as you cannot beat this deal. And again, WrigleyvilleSports.com is the place, and the discount code is AUDIBLE, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, for 15% off and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. Go get yourself a Club Dub t-shirt. Switching gears, I'm sure we can all point a few fingers at the things that we thought could have gone better to this point. So what have you found yourselves most disappointed with? Steve, how about yourself? Well, I'm going to obviously going to go to the other side of the ball here, and I'm going to have to go with the offensive line. Um, you know, the, the quarterbacks have had their issues. We well-documented issues, we know that. But I think the offensive line has really been the biggest issue for the Bears this season. Uh, the thing about the Bears offensive line the last few years is it's a unit that's always been better than the sum of its parts, um, and which is good. That's what you want our offensive line. You want them to work together. But the problem with that is if there's one broken part, it kind of brings everyone down. And I think Kyle mm-hmm. Long at that this point is that broken part of the Bears offensive line. Um, so that's what I've been disappointed 
about the most. I, I, Charles Leno has had some struggles, but I think I'm not too worried about him going forward. I think he's going to be fine if you actually watch like his. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Pass blocking and run blocking has been great, but it has been terrible. He just has committed way too many penalties. Yes. Um, yeah, way too many penalties. Got to get that. But I think he will. He, he's proven that. And he's only 28. It's not like he's on the decline. So I think he's going to bounce back. My big concern is Kyle Long. Um, and how he's going to respond and and if a change needs to be made and i think a change probably does need to be made um at that position at the right guard uh, my concern is that the bears are going to want to see what he looks like after the bye so i'm not sure if that's going to happen as soon as it needs to happen let's kick it over to andrew andrew what are you disappointed with uh aside from the consistency which i've always said uh it has to be uh trubisky i mean we, we just everybody i know that's that kind of easy obvious answer uh, but, I mean, everybody was saying all offseason that this is his offense now. He's grasping it better. It's year two, same system. And this is why we drafted him so high. And we saw flashes last year. I mean, that last drive of the playoff game against the Eagles, that was the mix that everyone had been waiting for. That was his kind of signature drive, albeit uh, blown by that field goal attempt at the end. But that was kind of the last impression we saw of him going into the off season. That was what gave us such high hopes for him coming in this year. And he just has not looked like a competent NFL quarterback so far. I mean, he's looked average at best and it doesn't matter how good the defense is. If their offense can't score consistently, they're never going to beat some of the top teams. And you saw it against green Bay, the defense played a heck of a game and Trubisky looked lost at times and off and again I don't think the game plan helped him very much but if you have quarterback play like that three points isn't going to cut it all right I wanted to take one more for this one and let's go over to Mr. Ingles Will what do you have this one I think might surprise people for my take uh I just mentioned uh Allen Robinson helping out his quarterback well I think there's one position group that both hasn't helped out Trubisky slash Daniel Daniels and uh hasn't uh, also been utilized, and that's the group of tight ends. I think Adam Shaheen and Trey Burton are both extremely talented players. Obviously, we're playing Trey Burton like he's uh, he's pretty talented, and obviously spending a second-round pick on Shaheen, that shows that we believe in his talent as well, but they both haven't been utilized, and at times when they've been called upon, they haven't really, uh, they haven't really uh, rung the bell or responded in the way that they've needed to, so... When you think about it, I think that position group in general is one that could really help out a quarterback who's struggling, can really be a weapon, as we've seen a lot of, especially Andy Reid trees use. I mean, Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey, two very talented uh, playmakers on the same type of coaching tree with an offense and, and Reid style. So very surprised the tight ends haven't been used because they're talented and we've seen Trubisky been very successful with them before. Adam Shaheen in 2017 was obviously a good weapon. And then you have Trey Burton, uh, specifically, I think, of the Patriots game, you know. Mm-hmm. And that Patriots defense isn't much different than the one we saw or the one we're even seeing this year. So I don't know where that's exactly gone uh, as far as using tight ends, but that's been the most disappointing for me. All right, simple question, complicated answer time. 
How can the Bears, quote, right the ship? And let's go ahead and begin with Jake. It all begins with getting the offense going, obviously. The O-line really needs to step up and give David Montgomery some room to run. Even though he's been disappointing this far, I mean, we've seen glimpses of, of his elusiveness and what he's capable of when there's a hole for him. I mean, people got to remember, Montgomery is a guy that holds the college football record for most forced missed tackles in a season. So they should emphasize trying to get him going, obviously. And then when Trubisky comes back, he also needs to step up once he returns and be the QB that this team needs him to be. I think he came out early in 2019 kind of thinking too much, obviously was antsy in the pocket, and really he just needs to calm down and make some of the throws that we've seen him make in the past. He doesn't need to be a Patrick Mahomes you know, or a Drew Brees or a, a superstar quarterback. He just has to be able to manage a game well. I wish he could be a and Patrick I, Mahomes. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, I think yeah, – me too, trust me. But uh, I think if they can figure some of these things out in offense, they could j- still legitimately be a contender in the NFC playing behind that defense. Mr. Austin, over to you. How can the Bears right the ship, get back on track? Yeah, well, so I want to be positive, and that is a thing that they can do. I mean, the, the good thing is, you know, three and two, both their losses were winnable. I mean, the Raiders, they, they had a late lead. The Packers, they were, you know, going to tie it when – Trubisky threw that interception. So how they can, I think getting Trubisky back will help. I I like Chase Daniel. I, I like some things he can do, but he doesn't have the ceiling that Mitch has. So I think that getting him back will be huge. Obviously establishing the run game, and I'm hoping that the bye week and some of the drawing and chemistry can, can help out and go into it there. And then just simply close out. I mean, they almost blew it against... Denver, if they closed out, they would have beaten the Raiders, be sitting at four and one. And of course that goes into silly things like turnovers. So hopefully when Trubisky's back, that'll, you know, get get down and hopefully he can clean that up. And it's gonna start with a tough, tough schedule and a, one of the top teams in the league coming into Soldier Field in week seven when the Bears get back to action, and that's the New Orleans Saints. And I'm not sure if Breeze will be back yet, but I mean, Bridgewater's been playing like a top, you know, 13 to 15 quarterback. So they've really got to tighten things up and just get back on the winning track immediately in a very competitive NFC. Chris, over to you. What's your take? I absolutely believe they can ride this ship. They have, uh, you know, a key four games coming up here against New Orleans, San, uh, or sorry, Los Angeles Chargers, um, the Eagles, the Lions, key four-game stretch coming up here. But if they can come out of that three and one, I think they actually look they're, – they're looking pretty good. Um, I think, you know, in order for, to right the ship, we saw last year the offense started off slow, um, but they picked it up uh, as the season went on. And we saw kind of more of like a game manager type uh, quarterback out of Mitch Trubisky. I kind of want to see if he can evolve into the, the playmaker, the – the franchise-changing quarterback that you draft the guy number two overall to be, um, you know, I'm I'm an eternally optimistic fan, as um, I'm sure some of uh, the other writers are, and so I still believe he can do it. Um, obviously, I haven't seen anything telling me that he has done it. It's not like I'm as optimistic as I was coming into the year, but I still believe it's in there sometime or somewhere. Uh, saw that throw to Taylor Gabriel against the Redskins. Like, I believe that quarterback's in there, but I just got to see it on a more consistent basis. 
Now, a lot of Bears fans, including myself, had some super high aspirations for this Bears team. So my question is, do you still find yourselves having the highest of expectations for the 2019 Chicago Bears? Let's start off with Will Ingles. I was a little bullish on the Bears to, compared to most people. I had them going 9-7, and seven, sneaking into a wild card spot. Uh, what they did in the playoffs, I wasn't quite sure. But for me, for my beginning season expectation around 9-7, and seven, 10 and six range, uh, kind of fighting for a wild card spot or maybe even a, a low end, or maybe a divisional spot, but you're still talking a three or four seed. I still think that's very attainable. And frankly, it's all about getting to the playoffs in the NFL. We've seen in past years more than ever that a low seed is able to do some damage in the playoffs. And with the bears defense, I mean, you can complain about the offense as much as you want, but if you can get that bears defense into the playoffs, Man, 17 points might get you all the way to a Lombardi trophy. So it's all about getting to the playoffs. And frankly, there's I can see the talent in this team to get to a 9-7, and seven, a 10-6, just enough to get in. And once you're in, you can do anything. So for me, my expectations have not changed with this team. I still think they're capable of doing what I thought they could at the beginning of the year. It's just about executing. And it's, it's something I mention all the time in my five-team matchups. The Bears have all the talent in the world. they got to execute. They've really struggled with doing that to this point in the year, but they still certainly can because they have the talent. How about you, Andrew? Do you still have some high aspirations? I do, and I, you know, I've obviously after that uh, Raiders game, and you know, at other times during the year, my optimism has not been so high. Uh, but you know, just kind of taking a step back and being able to reflect a little bit, I this team is too talented not to right the ship, and I still, I don't think Nagy has had his uh, A game yet this year calling the offense. I think he will get better. I think the bye week will help him to kind of sit back and assess what they've been doing. Uh, but this team is too talented. And with some adversity that they faced this year, which they didn't face a whole lot last year. I mean, other than the Green Bay game opening week, I mean, they kind of hit their stride after that and were pretty dominant. Uh, I, I really, really, really believe, you know, maybe it's my Bears colored glasses on, but I really believe that coming off the bye, this team's going to, hit the ground running and be make a deep playoff run. I really do still believe that. They're too talented not to. Let's kick it over to our moderator. Okay, chat moderator. Tristan, do you still have high expectations? Oh, absolutely, I do. Um, and that, that stems through every level of this organization, from Ryan Pace, who, who I often say is the GOAT, because I, I've been – amazed with all the transactions and, and things that he's done since he became general manager. And I think that a lot of credit goes to him for bringing the bears out of darkness and into the, into the spotlight once again. Uh, and you even look at the coaching staff. I think Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy is the leader that we need on this team. And I believe in the Matt Nagy and I believe in his coaching staff and I believe I believe in these players. I, I think that the Bears are arguably one of, if not the, the, just the deepest and the most well-rounded teams because of how because of the talent. I'm like, there's there's very few spots on this roster where I don't see talent. I'll take one more here. Let's go over to Nick Asin. Take it away, sir. So I don't think I quite had as high as you and some other people coming in as like you know potential Super Bowl chance, but. I did expect them to contend. So I would say I do still have those aspirations. I mean, as hard as I've been, 
they're three and two. It's a winning record. It, it is the NFC, which is clearly the tougher conference. They're one of six teams sitting there with that record. Uh, teams six to eleven in the NFC have that. So I do still have those aspirations. I mean, the defense is still, you know, bare minimum a, a top three defense. I believe they're still uh, the most complete. Although the Patriots have looked very impressive, but I mean, they have a, a schedule right now. Home to the Saints, home to the Chargers, at Philly, home to Detroit, and at L.A. Five potential playoff teams, uh, four of them with winning records. So I think that, gosh, I think that they may have to go four and one, at least three and two, to even vie for the playoffs. And, I mean, right now, yeah, I think it's a success if they can get into playoffs just because this much-talked-about offense that was supposed to be so improved looks like, you know, one of the six or seven worst in the NFL based on statistics so far. Losing Trubisky helps. So I would say overall I do have those same aspirations, but they don't have much time to clean it up and get on the right track. Well, if you know what I mean there. It's time to put you all on the spot, and this is the last question I have for you. We have 11 games left. What's your updated final record prediction? I want to go ahead. Let's begin with Tristan. Tristan, what's going to be your final record prediction? Well, that's tough, Will. Um, you know, the, especially the next five games coming up is probably the the toughest stretch of our season. Uh, but so I, I don't know if I would give you a, you know, a definite, uh, you know, win and loss, you know, record for this team. But I do definitely think that what I will say is that this team can bounce back. And you know, right now we're three and two, which is not the best but it's not the worst as well. And, you know, last year we went from three and three to 12 and four, and then, you know, finished the season first in the NFC North. And I think this team is, is capable of doing the same thing right now. We're three and two. So I think this team can, can win 12 games or you know, win 11 games, win 10 games. And uh, it's because I believe in this team and I know this team is capable of winning that many games, especially against tough opponents. And the, you know, the bears, the bears do well against tough opponents. All right, Jake, you're up. Final record prediction? You know, I, I think I'm going to still stay somewhat optimistic and go 10-6. and six. You know, I know they have a, a rough second half of the schedule, but, you know, I, I still believe in this unit, especially the defense, and I think the offense starts to play better after we get past the bye here. And, you know, they might not win the NFC North. I mean, I hope they do, but it's tough this year. But I still think that 10-6 and six record will be enough to get them a playoff spot. Steve, how about yourself? Has your projection kind of changed for the end of the year? Well, that's a tough question without having the schedule right in front of me. I know they got a tough <laughs> one, so I'm going to say I'm going to say I'll say ten wins. It's okay. going to be that's my optimistic look. Now I'm thinking I should probably say nine, but I'll stick with ten. Um, the problem with ten wins is I don't think that's good enough to win the division because I think the Packers and Lions are much improved from the, where they were last year, and the Vikings are, are about the same. So. I think ten wins doesn't win the division, and that gets you a, maybe a, maybe a wild card spot. Maybe, and, yeah. And at that point, that's going to be a tough task to for that offense to to do enough to win that many games. Sir William Ingalls, do you have an updated record prediction for us? I'm sticking with nine and seven here. Uh, there's, I've been on the verge between, like I said, nine and seven, ten and six, and uh, these past few performances certainly have not made me feel compelled to move it up to ten and six. So I still got nine and seven. They'll be battling for a playoff spot with likely some uh, players like the 
between the 49ers, Seahawks, and Rams, I think those will be interesting play, uh, teams to watch. Then you're going to have Carolina as well, and probably the Vikings too, vying for some vying for some action as well. Then you got to keep an eye on Philly and uh, Dallas as they're going to be vying for spots as well. So I think it's going to be a really uh, top-loaded uh, NFC this year. So nine and seven, I'm not sure if it's going to get it done. I think a lot of teams are going to kind of be chopping each other down at the knees. So. We'll see what 9-7 does for a playoff run, but for me, that's where I still got the Bears. Nick, how about yourself? So mine is just, it's just going to be a game lower than actually what I had anticipated. I picked them based on the schedule at about 11-5. and five. Now, I think they can still get to about 10-6, and six, which would look like vying for the NFC North, certainly a wild card, and that, that should get them into the playoffs, but I'm not quite as high as I was coming in now. I anticipated them at least four and one at the bye week. Chris, how about you? Um, somewhere in that 10 and six range. Uh, just they, I mean, as I'm sure a lot of Bears fans have seen, this schedule is tough. I've seen a lot of places predict that they have the toughest schedule left. Um, it's not going to be easy. They got three really good divisional opponents, but you know, if they, if they win the games that they're supposed to, and you know, maybe a few games that they uh, that are kind of coin flip games. I, I see them going 10 and six, maybe getting a wild card, or maybe that's good enough to win the division this year. I don't know, but 10 and six sounds about right. Andrew, would you like to share your updated record prediction? I am going to say coming off the bye. Oh man, call me crazy, but I'm going to, I'm going to say that they're going to end up Let's give it 12-4. and four. I, I think this defense is going to dominate. I think the offense is going to figure it out. I'm, I'm all in. So you've heard from our panel on their thoughts on the questions I was able to present them. But now let's turn it over to Nicholas Moriano and Will, myself. On Thursday evening, we sat down and kind of discussed these five questions as well. So handing it over to myself, which is a little awkward, not going to lie. All right, Nick, it's down to just you and me, uh, the original two. Well, not original. I guess Brandon would have been the original two, but you and I are the ones <laughs> that are here now. But I've been talking to everyone individually on our staff about the Bears you know, here at the bye week, kind of getting the state of this team. And you have no idea at the time of this recording what I'm asking you, uh, anything like that. And we're still into actually the early portion of me actually doing these interviews. So it's going to be kind of weird to kind of jump in here now with you. But looking at the Chicago Bears in their first five games, Nick, we do this on the podcast. Break out the red pen. What would you grade these first five games and why? Well, sitting at three and two, uh, I think the Bears, I think we're all expecting the Bears to be better than this coming into the bye week. I think you have to give them, they have a winning record. So I give them, I give them just like a C plus. I'm expecting a lot more from this offense. We all expected a lot more from this offense going into this season and the defense has really carried this team. So I give it a C plus for right now. Obviously they were at the exact stage three and two going into the bye week last year, but this one just feels a little different. So I'll give it a C plus as of right now. Yeah, I'm in that C range as well. And since you said C+, I'll just be a little bit more harsh, which is crazy coming from me. But I'll give it a C because when you're looking at the offense, I mean, they're at the bottom three of like all the major categories right now in this bye week. I don't have them right in front of me, uh, lack of preparation on my part. But I know that they're barely better than the Jets and the Dolphins in terms of running the ball, total offense, points scored. 
And that's not acceptable by any means. And to me, even if you give the defense an A, which I think you can give them an A, uh, but when you're looking at London, that kind of takes a hit as well from what we saw. And then with the offense, I mean, you can give them a straight-out F. So you can give them a C, depending on how you want to weight it. And for me, when everyone was talking about the defense regressing, and now there's the offense that take, takes a million steps back, uh, yeah, for me, I'm going to give it a C, a very disappointing C. But like you said, 3-2, and two, same point we were last year, but it feels different. It has a different taste in our mouth. And even though last year they were exceeding expectations, we put the bar higher this year, and they have yet to reach it. So definitely, uh, for me, a C is where I'm going to go. But, Nick, I want to get to a positive point. What's something that you've been most impressed with? Most impressed with, I think you can start with that defense, not taking that regression that everyone was talking about. They're creating turnovers, they're locking teams down, everything up until the London game. They've just been phenomenal. And they've kept the Bears in games. They've won Bears games. And that's what you want to see from this defense with all the talent that you have around them. And with Chuck Pagano coming in as a defensive coordinator, that's a plus. And, you know, to just add one more in there, Will, Allen Robinson. He has taken another step this season, and he has been the only guy on offense really producing. So those would be the two pluses for this Bears team. Actually, go one more. Eddie Pinheiro. You know, this is just – I look at you shaking your head. I'm stealing answers probably. You are. Of course, uh, we never planned this out. But, yeah, just going in all three phases there, we the Bears have a kicker. Just he needs to get healthy, and hopefully this bye week can do that for him. But those would be the three pluses for this team right now. I've done a couple of interviews, and everyone's focusing on the defense. So I told myself, I'll go either A-Rob or Eddie Pinero, and you hit both. And I'm like, thanks, Nick. Uh, if I had to choose between the two, I'm going to go with Eddie. Steady Eddie. Eddie Money. Because... With all the you know hoopla that was surrounding the Bears kicker position ever since the double doink, and I can't believe I actually said those words in the podcast. I don't think I have, <laughs> and that's sad. You can tell it's the bye week, and I'm ready to talk about some games here again as well. But ever since that moment, uh, we've had quite the you know circus around the Bears kicking position. And when you're looking at you know how many they brought in, how they conducted the kicking you know battle per se, over to the Elliott Fry battle that Eddie had as well and ended up winning. We were still, and you as well, weren't really sure what we were going to have in number 15. And he's out here. He's only missed one kick so far this season. He's been playing with a you know, a nerve issue in his right knee. And that shows his toughness, his tenacity, his ability to overcome adversity. And those are all the qualities you want in a kicker. And we've seen those, and they're personified. So for me, uh, Eddie Pinero pretty much making now after the bye week, he's not a talking point in terms of like what's he going to do. We know what Eddie Pinero brings to the table and what kind of kicker he is. And so for me, that comfort level that I'm starting to get back in that kicking possession uh, position is what I've been most impressed with as well. But let's flip it and get back a little bit negative. What's maybe been the most disappointing part of the year so far? I'm pretty sure everyone's talked about this, but it has to be the offensive line, Will. Has that <laughs> yep. been the common it's answer? Been, it's been very common. And you know what? It should be, it should be the answer because – Look, we weren't expecting the offensive line to take this many steps back going into the 2019 season. Yes, they weren't. They didn't finish 2018 uh, yards per carry wise in the top 10. They were they were ranked 26, tied for 26 in that category. But they were a way better unit. They didn't have all the penalties that they've had this season. And to see what this unit's currently doing, which is not a lot. It's it's not looking good for the offense because it doesn't matter what quarterback you have back there, whether it's Mitch Trubisky or Chase Daniel, 
He can't do much with that offensive line. The running backs, David Montgomery, Tree Cohen, Mike Davis, they can't get a lot of yards per carry with that offensive line. It needs to be better. I just didn't expect it to be this bad, you know, heading into this bye week. So that's got to be the biggest disappointment so far. I'll take it a step further. For me, and this one hasn't been mentioned yet, it could happen between my some interviews tomorrow and Friday, but I'm uh, most disappointed in Coach Nagy. I really am because when you're looking at – uh, either how he's doing uh, his coaching in game, whether it be uh, you know the plays that he's calling in the certain situations, either he's getting too cute on some third and shorts, or he's not putting that offense in a favorable spot to get third and manageable situations to begin with. That's been very suspect. Or in terms of how he's you know doing some time management, things like that, especially earlier on in the year, it's gotten a little bit better, but still some room uh, to improve for Coach Nagy in terms of in game management. But then you're looking at the other uh, decisions that he's made, right, Nick? Let's not play anyone in the preseason. Let's we'll figure out how to knock off that rust. Well, maybe that was a mistake, or uh, you know things like that, and how he's gone about uh, changing up the offense from week to week. Which some weeks it works, but then you get into London and how they wanted to go and you know travel late. Which I've already seen this podcast. I don't. I'm not an expert on travel, and I don't know when's the best time to do it. But when you lose a game, you can always question the decision in hindsight. And so when I'm looking at some of these decisions, it's starting to make me wonder how, you know, last year they all worked, so we're fine with it. But this year it's not. So can he adjust? Can he take this bye week to look hard into the mirror and look at, like, okay, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And move forward. And you talked about the offensive line, and I want to ask you a question real quick off the cuff. Kyle Long, do you bench him? Ooh. Um, I think just watching the film, he's just not the same player. Well, he's not that pro bowler that he once was. And if Rashad Coward or, you know, Alex Bars, you can step up and play that right guard position. You have to do it. You have to make some kind of change. Something needs to be done for this offensive line to get going. And if benching Kyle Long is the answer, so be it. You might have to do it. So that goes back to me, Coach Nagy. Does he have the gonads to make that move? Because that's a big move. And I mean, Kyle Long, he's been here. He's one of the longest tenure Bears on this roster. And obviously, he's a leader in that locker room. He's a big emotional presence. But can you make the move saying, it's best for my team that you're not out there? So for me, that's a big boy decision to make because there's not, that's not an easy one. You don't take that decision lightly. Not with a guy like Kyle Long. He's someone that you have to rip off of that football field, literally rip him off but that might be what's best for this team. So does Coach Nagy see that, recognize it, and you know have the gumption and the conviction to do it? And I don't know if he does. And to me, that's a little alarming because I think they're going to want to roll out with Kyle Long after the bye week. And if they do, you could be looking at a 3-3 three and three team just because of the inability of that offensive line because the one game he's out, they look the best they have all season. And to me, I mean, there's other ways to look at it. But for me, Coach Nagy and all the decisions he's made so far – a lot of them have us scratching our heads, and he's the co- he's the guy. I want this guy to be the one to lead this team to where we want it to be. Um, but through the first you know five games, he hasn't felt like that guy, the same Coach Nagy we had last year. And again, when things are going right, it's awesome. When things aren't always you know as expected or moving in the right direction, you can get a little bit more critical. So right now, I'm getting a little bit more critical, and I hope he is too. All right, Nick, I want to know. Obviously, there's a lot of season left to be played. How do the Bears right the ship? 
Yeah, it starts with the offensive side of the ball. Matt Nagy, the offensive line, the quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky, they just need to start playing better football. Look, you, this defense can only carry you so far, and you know it's a really good defense. It can probably still win you some games down the road, but that offense needs to improve, whether it is the play calling, just getting guys in better positions to make plays, utilizing David Montgomery more. Um putting the offensive line in position to maybe pull on their blocks more effectively, whatever it is, Matt Nagy needs to use that creative mind that we all know he has and put these guys in positions to play. Utilize Anthony Miller more. This is a guy that should be more productive in this offense. Allen Robinson's got him going. Where's Trey Burton? He's being paid big money to make plays. Adam Shaheen was a second-round pick. There's so many guys that you, you feel like should be doing more in this offense, and you know they can be. But it all starts on the offensive side, Will, because if that doesn't help, that doesn't improve coming out of this bye week against the Saints come week seven, look, this Bears this Bears team, I don't know how good it is because you can only rely on defense so much. And this offense really needs to step up for this Bears team to have any chance. There's Super Bowl. Remember, coming into this season, there were Super Bowl aspirations. Right now, nobody. Nobody in Chicago, nobody on the Bears are thinking like Super Bowl. They need to fix that offense before they can do anything. So let's see what happens coming out of the bye week. Yeah, very well said, Nick. I'm very much in alignment with you and how you envision this happening. I will use like the KISS slogan, uh, K-I-S-S, which means keep it simple, stupid, because they they shouldn't overcomplicate this. They know what that defense is. They know that defense can keep them in every game. So what they need to do on offense is A, each and every week, find ways to take care of that football. Do not give teams easy possessions deep in their own territories. That way they can go in and get some easy points. Because that defense, if you let any offense go up against that defense head-to-head, that defense will make that offense earn every yard, every down, and every point. But if you give them short fields, then you're just handing them gimme points. And with the offense playing like it has, you can't give anyone gimme points. And then going back to the Bears on offense, they just got to get back to the basics. Keep it, you know, go back to the run game. And again, though, if the offensive line doesn't step up, it doesn't matter. You can keep it as basic as you want, but it doesn't matter. But I say keep it simple, but at the same time, you can't be too simple on offense because if you do, you're just going to be, obviously teams are going to jump at the bit. They know what you're going to bring to the table, and you have to find ways to, you know, be unorthodox, out of the box when it matters. So for me, they got to keep it simple. Get the ball in the hands of their playmakers. Cohen, Montgomery, Allen Robinson, Trey Burton. Find a way to get Gabriel involved. Once he, you know, and on top of that, Anthony Miller. Don't worry about getting Adam Shahina's touches or things like that. I mean, if he's open, fine, go get it. But don't worry about making him a you know a part of the game plan. Focus on your playmakers and focus on getting the ball to them in the right situation. So for me, keep it simple, stupid. Just do it. All right, Nick, you talked about aspirations, and you talked about some people, I don't know who they would have been, uh, having Super Bowl aspirations for this team. I don't know. It may be a pinned tweet on our account that I put up there a few days before the season. <laughs> it's still up there. I'll wear it like a badge of honor right now, but do you still have the highest of aspirations for this team? And that can mean a lot of things. That doesn't mean Super Bowl or bust, but do you still have high aspirations for this team in terms of making a playoff run or a deep playoff run? I think so. This is still a good team, Will. It really is. They've they've had their troubles early on in the season. Like we said earlier, they were at this point last year and then went on a run. They really did. Not after the bye week. They actually lost their first two games coming out of the bye week last year. But they went on a run, finished 12-4, and four, got to the playoffs. This is a team that's still a playoff caliber team, but it's going to be tough. 
The NFC is no joke. This is probably going to be the year where ten and six doesn't get you the wild card. Just like just like last, you know, the last time Lovey Smith was here, that that was his last year. Went ten and six, didn't get him to the playoffs. The Bears need to start winning some games, but I still have high hopes for this team. They are still a good football team, and when you have that defense, you just can't give up yet. When you have fifty-two on your team, you can't give up this season. You just got to hope that Matt Nagy figures it out on offense. He's a smart guy, which, like you said, keep it simple, stupid, because it's really hard to mess up this Bears team. It really is. There's so much talent. It just needs to all come together, and the bye week couldn't have come at a better time, to be completely honest. That that loss to London's going to sting. Take this week to recover. Right your wrongs. Just do some individual scouting and see what you can do. Come out. Look, the Bears – since 2014, are 0-5 after the bye week. Let's see if they can break that, first of all, against a Saints team that's looking pretty good. But I'm definitely not giving up on the Bears. It's way too early in the season. We've done that so many years in the past, Will, where it's by week four. We already know the season's over. This mm-hmm. is too good of a team to be putting them out just right now. So no way. There's still, I still have very high hopes for this team. Let's see what they can do, though. I mean, we know the talent's there, and I think that's why everyone's so damn frustrated because we know what this team can do. We've seen it on defense this year, but on offense, it's been a ghost town, and we know what they have. We know what they can be. We saw glimpses of it last year. We envisioned them taking steps forward. I'm tired of steps forward. I just want to get back to where they were last year, and I'd be happy. I would be more than content if we can just find a way to get to the same area in which we were the same level of success than the Bears were able to have on offense last season, especially in the second half of that season. Uh, So for me, I still have high aspirations for this team. I've seen a Bears team with Rex Grossman go to the Super Bowl, and obviously that's a different NFL. That was about 15 years ago, so things are a little bit different now. You do need more of an offense if you are wanting to make a difference. So for me, if they can find a way to come together and click, and again, you and I have mentioned it, they have the talent. We've talked about it all offseason. Everyone listening knows it. We don't even have to say it anymore. It's just a given fact. But they just need to find a way to put it together. And I believe what I love about this team and what I hate about them, it's twofolded. One, no matter the competition, if it's a really good team, they're going to find a way to be in that game. They're always going to be within striking distance. And that's largely due to that Bears defense. But on the flip side, this team tends to play down to its competition as well, which that's why every game is such a nightmare. Because, and our hearts are palpitating and we're sweating and we're, I feel like we're going to have a heart attack because every game is so close. And that's because no matter who it is each week, the Bears are in the game. So if they can find a way to close, which that was the problem in London. They got so close. They came back. They fought back. They can do the same for the season. But they need to find a way to close because that would be so heartbreaking to see them you know, just like they did in Oakland, work their way back this season, get to where you said another big win total, get into the playoffs, and then you're another one and done year because you can't close. That would be heartbreaking, but I still believe they can get there. And when they get there, can they close? So for me, it's definitely still have high aspirations. Haven't taken down my pin tweet. Trubisky's still throwing for 4,200 yards this year. Watch out. Yeah, probably not. But still, I do believe that this team has what it takes. It just, honestly, in terms of talent, they need to look into their chest, look into their heart, and see if they want this. Because if they want it, go get it. They have what it takes, but they need to want it and to have that desire. And I think the lack of desire on offense, and maybe it's because what we see on TV, you don't see it, but it just seems like they're okay with where they're at. Like, they're like, okay, that's what we are. That's what we are. They can't accept that. They need to know they can be better and strive to be better. So for me, yes, high aspirations, 
And hopefully they have the same too, because they need to have that motive inside uh, to kind of reach the levels that we're all anticipating. But Nick, obviously we have now 11 games left. Putting you on the spot first, what's going to be your new final record prediction, if there is a new one? Uh, yeah, so if I had to new record prediction, I said 10, 10 and 6 won't get you into the playoffs, but 11 and 5 will. So that's that's where I'm having the Bears pegged at. Um, I don't even know if that wins them the division. Green Bay's looking pretty good, but I think 11 and 5 will at least get you into the dance, and then you could see what, what happens from there. But 11 and 5 is a new record prediction going to the bye week. I know you may not have a schedule in front of you. Would you choose your three losses? Oh, I do have a schedule in front of me. This uh, puts me on the spot. So they're definitely, oh, man, they're going to lose. I, I can see them actually losing two, two in these next uh, three weeks, whether it is New Orleans or the Chargers or Philadelphia. I'm going to say they lose at Philly, and they lose, actually going to lose at Philly, lose at Detroit. So that would be four losses total, right? Uh-huh, you got if one I put more. those two. One more. I'm going to have them losing to last game in Minnesota. So they're going to – oh, wow. Yeah, so they're definitely not winning the division if they're having three divisional losses, mm-hmm. but they'll get the wild card. So 11-5. All and right. 11-5 is where I kind of sat as well as I was thinking this through. It's like, I don't know. The schedule is too hard in the second half for them to only lose two more games or you know anything less than that. I think three is reasonable – Feels like a stretch right now, which is to me sad. I can still see a ten and six being viable, but I'm still being hopeful for a playoff run. So I'm going to go eleven and five as well. Detroit's where I see them losing. I'm going to have them winning in Philadelphia, uh, just because that's a, that will be a turning point. Like if they can beat the Eagles, the team that knocked them out last year, to me that's a turning point. Uh, unfortunately, Nick, I know we're going to the Bears Chiefs game, but I'm going to have them losing that one. Uh, as well, just I don't know. I think the defense can shut them down on offense, especially in some cold weather. I really do. But I think that's a game you lose. You know, Nagy loses to Andy Reid. Trubisky loses to Patrick Mahomes. And that's the motivation you need to move forward because you know he can be better. So for me, it's a game that, I mean, I hope they win and maybe they can build off it. But for me, it's a game if you lose, there's a lot of lessons that you can learn from it. Uh, So that's two for me. I'll just throw the Chargers. I don't think they're that great of a team, um, but it just feels like a game that the Bears would end up losing, uh, just a team that are unfamiliar with. Uh, so for me, those would be uh, my three games that I have the Bears losing, but 11-5 and five is where you and I both kind of sat. All right, Nick, uh, that's going to do it for your and I's segment here to kind of wrap up this show. Any final thoughts? Because next week we're right back into a game week in terms of preparation, and we're getting back to the nitty-gritty details. So any final big-picture thoughts before we kind of close shop on the bye week? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good time for our bye week as well, just to kind of, you know, yeah. load, you know, just kind of decompress a little bit, see what this te- where this team's at, and then get right back into the thick of things. And you know, like uh, Will just said, that was on the spot with the record thing. So we'll see what ends up happening come game week. We'll say maybe we have our, our minds changed depending on on how this team plays. But this is uh, this is definitely a team you shouldn't give up on, you guys, because like we've been talking about for all off season up until this point. So much talent, and talent can win you ball games. Just gotta corral all that talent, move it forward in one direction, see where it can take you. But I think Matt Nagy definitely he was the 2018 Coach of the Year for a reason. He's gonna get things right. You just gotta trust in the process and see where he takes it. Bears on pace 2019. All right, but yeah, Nick, I can't say much better than you. So I'm just gonna tell everyone listen to what Nick said. And in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your bye week. We'll be starting with, you know, meet the New Orleans Saints here in the early part of next week. But until then, I know it's difficult, 
but keep your head up. And of course, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.